So we're back again for another episode of Nevermind, also known as The Natural State, Enlightenment Radio. <laughs> what else can we come up with? I think as soon as we awarded the winner, all the uh, interaction with the audience ceased. So uh, I guess we'll just go with our three optional working titles and rotate those for the time. Sounds day. good. Yeah. Now, um, you remember last time we were talking about this um, conundrum that people face that we talk, the state that we're describing, uh, the state that's not a state, is really a very, um, defies description in many ways, but we have words that approximate, <laughs> you know, the, the condition of, of that which experiences it. Um, but the... And, you know, in the literature it's referred to as the absolute state, amongst other names, Brahman, whatever. The issue is that the experience of those living in this world, in other words, those that have not had the form awakening and are now effectively functioning from that level of consciousness, as it were, are still, I mean, the world seems very real to them. To those that are still in mind and body, you know, it, it's sort of counterintuitive what we're saying here, because the the power of the samsara of the of the worldliness is so compelling for minds that have been adapted to exist and operate within that frame that it almost sounds ludicrous to suggest that this isn't real. What's your response to that? Because I, I do get that. Sometimes when I'm describing this, that I sort of feel like there's a disconnect between, uh, you know, the truth of what, you know, I'm pointing to and the experience of the listener that for them it sounds like some nice theory but isn't yet their experience. I guess the only, the only way I can dis- describe it is most people somewhere along the line have had a brief taste of this. So that that's locked away there as a memory, admittedly. But I think most people, whether it's gazing at a sunset, mm-hmm. um, whatever, they've, they've, they've got a taste of this. And sometimes that taste becomes the catalyst to explore more. And what, what do we say then when, um, take someone that's suffering, still identified with body of mind, body and or mind, or, and both, yeah, and, uh, and let's say they're suffering physical sickness, physical pain, um, you know, when we say to them, de-identify with that, it's not real. I mean, in a way, it's not solving their immediate problem, is it? No, well, it's not because anything within that that realm of thinking, so de-identifying, that still assumes that there is an I there that can de-identify or identify. And there's there's literally nothing there at all because there's no duality whatsoever. Mm. It's just this... This, this hold around this idea that there is a me, that there is a self. 
So everyone is in the same basket as far as that, that goes. Consciousness is just expressing itself. It's just that it seems, it seems that there is some I that is experiencing and not only experiencing, but they're thinking and that they can also do this and do that and so forth. And I think... It can be a gradual process when it's when it's, you start to see that all these things that you think you can control and manipulate, it's not really happening that way at all. Mm. So, I mean, again, the advice is coming from a dimension or a, or a method or a uh, perspective that is transcendent. And... And from that viewpoint, everything you say is true and acceptable. But for one that is not in that viewpoint, every the, the, this is no this offers no uh, relief. Uh, now, given that suffering is inevitable within the relative frame, mm. sooner or later you're going to, mm. you know, lose something or not gain what you're seeking or not control a situation in the way that you want to control it. And in, in those uh, situations, mm. the, 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 the experiencer mm. encounters what we call unhappiness, despair, mm. desperation. Where do they go? Where does, a, where does a, someone that is attempting to escape mm. from this apparent but all very real mm. for them suffering, mm. how do they... How do they, um, you know, what advice do we give them? Yeah, we'll see in there, like you used the word, uh, you know, like unhappiness or frustration, okay? Mm. So you look at frustration, okay? Frustration is a valid experience, mm -hmm. okay? The, the problem is not the frustration. The problem is trying to be free of the frustration. Mm -hmm. So if frustration just expresses itself like it is, mm -hmm. there's no conflict between some person that wants to be free of the conflict, mm -hmm. free of frustration. Mm -hmm. Then it just expresses itself. And then the next experience comes along. No problem at all. It's this idea that there's certain things that we have, like unhappiness, grief, whatever the thing is, that we should be free of them. We should change them into something else. Right. But when that desire to do something with it um, is no longer there, it's just like across the sky, you'll get a thundercloud, it rains, and then it moves on. Mm. It's the hold that's the problem. Yeah, I was watching a video of Sailor Bob. Yeah, Melbourne. yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's very much from the Advaita tradition yeah. as well. And the way he framed it, which I thought was very um, concise and mm. and encapsulates the truth that we're mm. trying to communicate here, he says that the issue arises from um, wanting something to be different than what it is, mm. which comes back to what we've been saying the last mm. few weeks. Mm. That, that the moment that you create a desire for something to be other than what it is, mm. then you've created resistance. Mm -hmm. And where there is resistance, there is conflict. Mm. And then where there is conflict, you've created a barrier between, you know, the pure experience of consciousness in its expanded yeah. state and the uh, viewpoint of the mm. experiencer, mm. which is uh, which who essentially becomes trapped within their own self-created conflict. Mm. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that, that all these experiences, it doesn't matter which experience it is, none of it is separate from unknowing. None of it is separate from consciousness. It's all part of that. And all of that just plays out. That's it. So whatever's playing out is whatever's playing out. Yep. And in, in a way, playing is, is a good uh, word to use because, in a, in a sense, you get dealt a certain hand by life, that mm. which we call life. You don't control that. Mm. It's sort of pretty, it seems at least outwardly, it's a pretty random thing mm. that you may inherit a healthy body or a not healthy body. Yeah or um, a happy family environment or a not happy family environment. In a sense that the art of living from, mm. from the viewpoint that we're describing mm. is not changing the hand per se, but uh, optimizing or at least um, accepting that that is the reality that you're in. And then uh, within that, there is the release, the liberation is, is coming through the surrender mm. to what is now. I, I, as I'm saying this, I, I am feeling um, the resistance of the mind that may be listening to this and saying, mm. well, does that mean that we have to become passive? Does that mean that we have to just lay down, you know, mm. and not mm. attempt to improve the situation of ourselves yeah. or, or other people? Yeah. I don't think that's the answer, but I'd, yeah. I'd be interested in your response. Well, there. see, even that, like have to do, be passive or whatever, that's still, it, it, it keeps assuming this same thing that we have a choice in this whole thing. Right. Okay. There is no choice whatsoever. That, that, that's the key thing. There's no choice on any level that you choose to be free or not free or happy or unhappy because that all indicates that there is an I there that can do all this. Mm -hmm. Another thing I've... I, heard on occasion is someone, well, I can't do that because I'll feel completely powerless. Mm. But the response to it, that is, is it's not about powerless or feeling powerful because there's no I either way. Mm -hmm. So effectively what we're inviting people to do here is to step outside of the frame of the perceiver, step outside of the frame of the experiencer, step outside of the frame of that which asks why me or how do I change this? How do I end this? I don't know what to do, some mm. people say. I don't yeah. know what to do. And, of course, the answer from the Advaita perspective, the non-dual perspective, is inherent even in that statement, I don't know what to do. Someone sent me something recently. Mm. They said, I don't know what to do next. Mm. And in a way, there's three problems in that statement three indications of um, contraction. One is I, one is do, and one is next. Hmm. Right? So hmm. one implies that there is an individual, do, uh, hmm. individual hmm. doer. Hmm. The other is that do, doership, hmm. in the sense that you're trying hmm. to, you are actually trying to construct hmm. a reality that is different from what is there now. And the third is next implies time. Hmm that there is a future moment mm. that isn't this, the, the totality of what is in, in yeah. this moment now. Yeah. And, and in a sense, we say that all three of those concepts mm. are wrong. Mm. Yeah, well, the thing is with this is the other aspect of all this is this um, unknowing is intelligence itself. 
So when someone actually gets to a point and they actually see that there's literally nothing they can do, that intelligence itself acts. Again, it sounds really mysterious because we always want to think that there's some eye here that we can, we can get around the system or we can game it from this way or mm-hmm, what. Mm-hmm. But the actual, when it actually dawns, when it really dawns, that surrender itself, there is intelligence in that and that movement itself is intelligent. I think this is uh, something that we can talk about next time. Okay. Um, but I, I'm very interested in this, and, and I've sort of definitely um, both experienced and taught this dynamic, the, the surrender grace dynamic, I call it. Mm. And so uh, I think that, that that may be a good point at which to leave, and maybe we should now surrender ourselves <laughs> to the 24-piece uh, orchestra. Yes. Encroaching upon the soundstage here and... Um, Thank you, Jensen, again for sharing your insights and to our listeners for giving up some of their time to see this from another perspective. It's been good. Thank you. Thank you.